Hey everybody, thanks for stopping by. I'm your host, Michael Shahan, and the next episode of Shahanisms is about to begin. Welcome to Shahanisms, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Shahan. So before we get started, I want to thank some new listeners. We got a new listener from Helsinki, Finland, which I think is awesome, from France and from Mexico. Apparently, there isn't much to do in Helsinki right now. Somebody's listening to the podcast over there, though, and I appreciate that. Either that, or maybe somebody had too much to drink and press play on the wrong podcast. Or maybe it just proves that insomnia is a global problem. It's not just you. It's a problem all over the world. But hey, analytics don't lie, and I'm excited to have listeners wherever they may be. Thank you. I hope you stick with Shayanisms because I'm going to brag about you anyway. All right, let's talk toilet paper. You probably think we're going to do a consumer reports kind of thing on which brand works the best on our behinds. Oh, hell no. Not here, we're not. If you want to run that kind of experiment, you're on your own. I don't want to get involved in that at all. We're going to talk about the toilet paper shortage associated with the start of the pandemic 18 months ago. So you're probably wondering, why are we talking about this now? Like I said, it was 18 months ago. Well, last week, I read in the business section of a national newspaper that Procter & Gamble predicts another toilet paper shortage to occur soon. Like, very soon. I wasn't sure I believed it or not, but then I talked to my son a few days ago, and he asked me what the next podcast episode was going to be. I told him it was about toilet paper, and he says, you know, Dad, that's interesting, Because I was at the store today and the toilet paper aisle was empty except for a few packages of store brand toilet paper, off brand. My daughter told me the same thing yesterday. She experienced a shortage of toilet paper when she went to the store. Hmm. So I wanted to talk about it here. Talk about the cause and offer a solution or two. It's also a very dark and revealing look inside the minds of who we are and how we all react in a crisis. All of us. The nature of humanity and what happens to people when they can't get toilet paper or when they can't get what they want. In this case, it's toilet paper. But first, we need a little background. Procter & Gamble, Kimberly Clark, and Georgia Pacific are the largest producers of paper product in the world. They produce about 80% of the toilet paper here in the United States. It's an $11 billion industry here in the U.S., And that translates to about 7 billion pounds of toilet paper a year. If that's the case, how did we end up with empty shelves? Now, if you think the whole thing was a hoax perpetrated by the government, you're probably not going to like this episode, even though that's that's not what we're going to talk about here. But don't hit the stop button just yet, because I get credit for a listen only after someone listens for 20 minutes. So just mute the show, go do your laundry or vacuum, do whatever you need to do, and let it play. Listens in podcasts are similar to likes you get in Facebook. Even though when somebody hits the like button on Facebook, it doesn't really mean they like you. Listens on podcasts in this world are the same way. So listening doesn't mean you have to like it. You can still hate me and listen to the podcast if you want. So thank you in advance. All right, moving on. So remember back when the pandemic first started, about February or March of 2020. Shortly thereafter, we all watched the supply of toilet paper dwindle from our local store shelves. 
Now, there's a few theories about why this happened, and some of them make sense. Some of them don't, but the ones that make sense, believe it or not, really do make sense. So theory number one, like I said, there's three major suppliers of toilet paper, and they had to adjust real quick to people moving from the working environment to staying home. Businesses, schools, factories, and offices were shuttered. People weren't necessarily going to the bathroom less. They're just doing it at home more than outside the home. Our usage changed drastically almost overnight. So you see, there's two types of toilet paper, two different manufacturing methods. There's the commercial industrial market and the consumer market, which is what we use at home. The manufacturers had to retool their production because more people were buying from the stores and less consumption was taking place outside the home. That's logical. It makes sense. Consumer toilet paper sales jumped 845% when the pandemic hit. Given the average person uses about 57 sheets of toilet paper a day, yes, I knew that, that's a huge swing in production needs, and the manufacturers just couldn't keep up with it. It's an age-old formula of supply, demand, manufacturing capacity, and supply chain efficiency. It's been a problem that we have, as consumers, have battled since the beginning of time. None of the manufacturers had time to plan or prepare for any of this. Therefore, we ran out of toilet paper. Theory number two, panic. Now, this also makes sense to a certain degree, if you know a little bit about human nature. In India, people bought up wheat flour. Apparently, in India, you couldn't get any wheat flour anywhere. In China, it was rice. Here in the U.S., it was toilet paper. The U.S. consumes about 25% of the toilet paper in the world. The entire world, 25% of it. Store shelves emptied out quickly, and that caused even more panic. People were watching toilet paper, something they felt they really need, disappear right before their eyes. And then people started posting pictures of empty store shelves on social media. Everyone looked at their personal supply They started to wonder what they were going to do if they ran out, myself included, and that just ramped up the panic a little bit more. Most people will tell you that food, water, and shelter are the three major things they worry about in a crisis or a disaster. Then all of a sudden, people realized that toilet paper was also on that list, and more panic set in. So it's human nature. When panic sets in, people do strange things, primarily because they feel powerless And they feel like there's a need to do something to make it feel like they have some kind of control in a situation, whatever that situation might be. I was beginning to think the real pandemic was how crazy everybody was for buying up all the toilet paper, but it was human nature to react that way. Theory number three is the dark and ugly side of the crisis. That's the one nobody really wants to talk about because it's bad. I have my theory. There are some people out there who want to be in a position to take advantage of those less fortunate and either gain some kind of financial or power advantage, whatever that might be. I think some people started out panic buying. They just jumped on the bandwagon. They saw everybody else buying toilet paper and hoarding it, and they thought they needed to do that too, not really even knowing why. So they just started out in panic. But then the opportunists saw a way to make money. It's almost like ransom. The opportunists that will take advantage of someone else for their own personal gain are the lowest form of life because they wait for somebody to be at a disadvantage and then they take advantage of it. We see it every time there's a natural disaster. 
Somebody always sells bottled water for $10 a bottle. During one of the hurricane evacuations in Florida, somebody was caught selling gasoline for $25 a gallon. And up in South Lake Tahoe during the Caldor Fire evacuation, some hotels in nearby cities increased their rates almost three to four times their normal rate because people were evacuated out of South Lake Tahoe and they needed a place to stay. I saw this firsthand one time many years ago when the Richmond oil refinery in California caught on fire. I was at a health club on the treadmill watching breaking news on TV about this fire. When I looked across the street, there was a gas station owner. He went to his signboard and he was raising the price of gasoline substantially within minutes of the breaking news. It hadn't even affected him yet. It hadn't affected anybody But he wanted to be first in line to take advantage of somebody because he knew that the gas prices were probably going to go up. And if they didn't, he was still going to take advantage of it anyway. And something else weird happened in Australia. Businesses were selling their products for rolls of toilet paper. One coffee shop there was selling a small latte for three rolls of toilet paper. Couldn't use cash. You had to come in with toilet paper. So some people will jump to take advantage of others the first chance they get. It it just happens. Price gouging, they call it, is a felony here in the U.S. Some states it's punishable by, uh, I think it's like a ten dollars or $20,000 fine and 10 years in prison. In some cases, it's a federal offense. Aside from the criminal aspect of it, it takes a special kind of person to take advantage of somebody who is helpless and in a bad spot for a financial gain like that. It is sad that people do that. There's some good people out there, some very good people. But the ones who take advantage of others seem to stand out in a crisis or a disaster whenever it happens. It's sad. That's what happens. Those are the people that make the news. Sounds pretty negative on my part, doesn't it? Where's my faith in mankind? Well, you have to look no further than social media or the local news to see why my outlook became poisoned. People posted their stockpiles all over social media. Then it became headlines that worsened the shortage. People got testier. There was a couple people at the local grocery store very close to my house that got in a fistfight over the last package of toilet paper. Crazy. So panic sets in. Underground markets of information pop up. Where to find toilet paper. What neighborhoods they were in what stores they were in. It was all across social media. Some people learned for the first time that hardware stores sell toilet paper or small convenience stores, Circle K, 7-Eleven. Some of those have more toilet paper than what you realize. It's something that wasn't widely known that became widely known. In other cases, trunks of cars, beds of pickup trucks, they became mobile flea markets selling toilet paper and paper towels. They were mobile. They just went from place to place, got whatever money they could. So think about that for a minute. So right out of the blue, we have a toilet paper shortage. Why? Because it seems we are very worried about running out of toilet paper when things go wrong, and things were definitely going wrong. One crisis was fueling another. And that was all for a virus that causes respiratory problems. Do you ever wonder who woke up one morning and said, Honey, Let's go all over town today and buy up all the toilet papers we can find because of this COVID thing we got going on here. It made me wonder, 
It made me wonder what the hell was going on in their bathrooms anyway. I mean, let's look at it logically. I'm not a doctor, but we're talking about two different ends of the building here. And the only connection between your lungs and your rear end is if you sneeze and you're not ready for it. There could be a problem. That's it. Nothing more. And it's definitely not a medical issue. Not by a long shot. So we watched all the toilet paper evaporate quickly from the store shelves till there was nothing left. Literally nothing left. Like I said, photos and rows and rows of empty shelves in the supermarket, they were side by side with pictures of spare bedrooms, living rooms, garages, and storage lockers filled floor to ceiling with hoarded toilet paper. Now, these photos were usually accompanied by, I don't know, some guy in bib overalls with a big grin on his face holding a beer, like some dude that just bagged the biggest deer in the county during hunting season. Obviously, there was no humanitarian intent with some of them. They saw an opportunity to take advantage of their fellow man, and they did it. And they publicized it. They bragged about it. They put it on social media. And that was proven later when several people were caught selling it, some of them from grocery store parking lots, where they actually went in to buy it, they hoarded it, and then they sold it to these desperate consumers who went in there to buy toilet paper and couldn't get any. Now, some were much more brazen. They advertised it on social media platforms for upwards of $10 a roll. Again, you are advertising your felony. Real smart. Now, did that concern me? Not really, because as luck would have it, we had made a trip to Costco a couple of weeks before the pandemic. And when I go to Costco, I usually stock up on stuff so I don't have to go back for a while. I don't like going to Costco. Because there's always people there. And I like to avoid people when I can. That was what I loved about the pandemic in Costco. They quit giving out those samples. You know, people treated those samples like it was dinner. They'd stop in the middle of the aisle. They'd stand there. Then they'd pretend to ask questions about the sample. So they could shove a few more samples in their face while the line of carts backed up behind them. I know that's what they did. I mean, how many questions can you ask the lady about caramel corn? They just stopped to feed. That's all. So I was glad when Costco stopped that for a while, at least. So on our pre-pandemic visit to Costco, we purchased two cartons of toilet paper. You know, the, the big cartons. For those of you who have never shopped at Costco, and, and I'm sure everybody has or everybody's heard about it, but for those of you who haven't, they sell large quantities. Their toilet paper comes 30 rolls to a package compared to the largest package of 12 rolls you find in your local grocery store or Walmart. You know, the ones where the package says 12 rolls equal 18 rolls. And by the way, no, it doesn't. It's still 12 rolls. So I wasn't worried because I had a good supply. Well, I admit I, I, I did start thinking about it a little bit. Like, what was I going to do? One thing I wasn't going to do was go buy rolls of toilet paper from old Donna Sue and Earl there in Boar's Holler, Tennessee for $10 a pop. Not a chance. But I watched my supply slowly dwindle. One day I was standing next to the bed folding laundry and I stared down at a pair of athletic socks I had in my hand and panic set in. Oh, hell no. If I ran out of toilet paper, I was not ready to keep a bag full of my athletic socks in the bathroom just to take care of business. Uh-uh. So I decided to get online and look for bidets. B-I-D-E-T-S. 
Or if you live on an island in the bayou, buy debts. I'm sure if you live on an island in the bayou, getting eaten by an alligator is your biggest concern. But I'm sure somebody out there was worried about running out of toilet paper. At least I would assume. Now, bidet is French for pony or small horse. That made me a little nervous. But I tried to keep an open mind. Imagine having guests at your house, and one of them asks you where the bathroom is. You point the bathroom out to them, and then you say, Oh, be careful with the small pony. That'll keep people out of your bathroom for sure. Then think about it. You can take it to the next level. You go ask your other guests, Hey, why is Bob taking a in the bushes out front? I don't know why, but I think about stuff like that. So I jumped on the internet and I googled bidets. There are hundreds of sites. People sold them online. Companies sold them online. I think there there was probably, easy, there was probably a hundred of them right off the bat. So the first one I looked at, they had a video. And in that video, it said it will leave you feeling as fresh as a morning bouquet. Nope. That probably wasn't going to happen. So the next site I looked at, they said using a bidet is an experience you'll never forget. Nope. Nothing was going to happen in my bathroom that I could never forget. No way. Wasn't happening. So I finally ran across this site called Amigo. It's Amigo, A-M-I-G-O dot com. And they're located in San Francisco. They're owned by a father and son, Tom and Thomas Latriciano. And they co-founded Amigo. They had some straightforward information. It was enlightening. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. They had very, very good reviews, a lot of positive reviews, which meant they either had a great product or they had a lot of relatives who left online reviews. Regardless, I went ahead and bought one from them. Yeah, it took a couple weeks to get it because they were kind of busy. Uh, when it came, I put it up on a shelf in the closet because I still had a good supply of toilet paper at that time. Now, I never did run out, but I did get bored one day and I decided to install the bidet. It was pretty easy. If you can assemble an end table from Ikea, you can install a bidet. It took about 15 minutes, basic tools, nothing fancy. Now, I will tell you one thing. If you get one, after you install it, don't stand in front of it and turn it on. You'll get sprayed with water and not in an area where it will do you any good, hypothetically. It's like a car. You want to be in the driver's seat when you turn the ignition on. Now, I'm not saying I did that. But I'm just warning you in advance that, hypothetically, it could happen. So I put my wet clothes in the hamper, I put my tools away, and I had a fully functional alternative to the toilet paper crisis. An answer to the toilet paper crisis. And I haven't used toilet paper in over a year. It's like when you delete your Facebook account. You think you're going to miss it, but you really don't. The bidet works great. I don't miss it at all. So, Procter & Gamble... Kimberly Clark, Donna Sue and Earl, bring it on. I'm ready for you this time around. Y'all have a great rest of the week. Shayanisms can be found on all the major podcast platforms. And if you're new to Shayanisms, click on the follow button so you will be ready when the next episode drops. Well, that's it for today's episode, everybody. 
I'm your host, Michael Shahan, and you've been listening to Shahanisms. If you liked today's episode, pass it along to a friend. If you didn't, just send it to somebody you hate. Either way, thanks for listening. Y'all have a good rest of the week. I'll see you next time.